Okay, we're continuing with the adventures of Buster Bear. This episode will be chapters 15 to 18. Let's see what happens. Chapter 15. Buster Bear is a fallen hero. A fallen hero is someone to whom everyone has looked up to as very brave and then proves to be less brave than he was supposed to be. That was the way with Buster Bear. When Little Joe Otter had told how Farmer Brown's boy had been afraid at the mere sight of one of Buster Bear's big footprints, they had at once made a hero of Buster. At least some of them had. As this was the first time, the very, very first time that they had ever known anyone who lives in the green forest to make Farmer Brown's boy run away, they looked on Buster Bear with a great deal of respect and were very proud of him. But now they had seen Buster Bear and Farmer Brown's boy meet face to face. And while it was true that Farmer Brown's boy had run away as fast as ever he could, it was also true that Buster Bear had done the same thing. He had run even faster than Farmer Brown's boy and had hidden in the most lonely place he could find in the very deepest part of the green forest. It was hard to believe, but it was true. And right away, everybody lost a great deal of respect for Buster, which they had felt. It is always this way. They began to say unkind things about him. They said them among themselves, and some of them even said them to Buster when they met him or said them so that he could hear them. Of course, Blackie the Crow and Sammy Jay, who, because they can fly, have nothing to fear from Buster, and who always delight in making other people uncomfortable, never let a chance go by to tell Buster and everybody else within hearing what they thought of him. They delighted in flying about through the green forest until they had found Buster Bear, and then from the safety of the treetops, screaming at him. Buster Bear is big and strong, his teeth are big, his claws are long, in spite of these he runs away and hides himself the live long day. A dozen times a day, Buster would hear them screaming this. He would grind his teeth and glare up at them. But that was all he could do. He couldn't get at them. He just had to stand it and do nothing. But when impudent little Chatterer the Red Squirrel shouted the same thing from a place just out of reach in a big pine tree, Buster could stand it no longer. He gave a deep, angry growl that sent little shivers made little shivers run over Chatterer, and then suddenly he started up that tree after Chatterer. With a frightened little shriek, Chatterer scampered to the very top of the tree. He hadn't known that Buster could climb. But Buster is a splendid climber, especially when the tree is big and stout as this one was. And now he went up after Chatterer, growling angrily. How Chatterer did wish that he had kept his tongue still. 
He ran to the very top of the tree, so frightened that his teeth chattered, and when he looked down and saw Buster's great mouth coming nearer and nearer, he nearly tumbled down with terror. The worst of it was there wasn't another tree near enough for him to jump to. He was in trouble this time, was Tratterer, sure enough, and there was no one to help him. Chapter 16. Chatterer the Red Squirrel Jumps for His Life. It isn't very often that Chatterer the Red Squirrel knows fear. That is one reason that he is so often impudent and saucy. But once in a while, a great fear takes possession of him, as when he knows that Shadow the Weasel is looking for him. You see, he knows that Shadow can go wherever he can go. There are very few of the little people of the green forest and the green meadows who do not know fear at some time or other, but it comes to Chatterer as seldom as to anyone, because he is very sure of himself and his ability to hide or run away from danger. But now, as he clung to a little branch near the top of the tall pine tree in the green forest and looked down at the big, sharp, teeth of Buster Bear bearing drawing nearer and nearer and listened to the deep angry growls that made his hair stand on end. Chatterer was too frightened to think. If only he had kept his tongue instead of saying hateful things to Buster Bear. If only he had known that Buster could climb a tree. If only he had chosen a tree near enough to other trees for him to jump across. But he had said hateful things. He had chosen to sit in a tree which stood quite by itself, and Buster Bear could climb. Chatterer was in the worst kind of trouble, and there was no one to blame but himself. That is usually the case with those who get into trouble. Nearer and nearer came Buster Bear, and deeper and angrier sounded his voice. Chatterer gave a little frightened gasp and looked this way and looked that way. What should he do? What could he do? The ground seemed a terrible distance below. Oh, if only he had wings like Sammy Jay. Oh, but he hadn't. Grrr, growled Buster Bear. I'll teach you manners. I'll teach you to treat your betters with respect. I'll swallow you whole. That's what I'll do. Grrr. Cried Chatterer. I'll eat you all up to the last hair in your tail, growled Buster, scrambling a little nearer. Oh, oh, cried Chatterer, and ran out to the very tip of the little branch to which you've been clinging. Now, if Chatterer had only known it, Buster couldn't reach him way up there because the tree was too small at the top for such a big fellow as Buster. But Chatterer didn't think of that. He gave one more frightened look down at those big teeth. Then he shut his eyes and jumped, jumped straight out for the faraway ground. It was a long, long, long way down to the ground. And it certainly looked as if such a little fellow as Chatterer must be killed. But Chatterer had learned from Old Mother Nature that she had given him certain things to help him at just such times, and one of them is the power to spread himself very flat.
He did it now. He spread his arms and legs out as far as he could, and that kept him from falling fast and as hard as he otherwise would have done, because being spread out so flat that way, the air held him up a little. And then there was his tail. That funny little tail he was so fond of jerking when he scolds. That helped him too. It helped him keep his balance and keep him from turning over. Down, down, down he sailed and landed on his feet. Of course, he hit the ground pretty hard. And for just a second, he quite lost his breath. But it was only for a second. And then he was screwing off as fast as a frightened squirrel could. Buster Bear watched him and grinned. I didn't catch him that time, he growled. But I guess I gave him a good fright and taught him a lesson. Chapter 17 Buster Bear Goes Burying Buster Bear is a great hand to talk to himself when he thinks no one is around to overhear. It's a habit. However, it isn't a bad habit unless it is carried too far. Any habit becomes bad if it is carried too far. Sometimes you had a secret, a real secret, something that nobody else knew and that you didn't want anybody else to know. And suppose you had the habit of talking to yourself. You might, without thinking, you know, tell that secret out loud to yourself. And then someone might, might just happen to overhear. Then there wouldn't be any secret. That is a way that a habit, which isn't bad in itself, can become bad if it is carried too far. Now, Buster Bear had lived by himself in the Great Woods so long that this habit of talking to himself had grown and grown. He did it just to keep from being lonesome. Of course, when he came down to the green forest to live, he brought all his habits with him. That is the one thing about habits. You always take them with you wherever you go. So Buster brought this habit of talking to himself down to the green forest, where he had many more neighbors than he had in the great woods. Let me see, let me see. What is there to tempt my appetite, said Buster in his deep grumbly, rumbly voice. I find my appetite isn't what it ought to be. I need a change. Yes, sir, I need a change. There's something I ought to have at this time of year, and I haven't got it. There is something that I used to have and don't have now. Ha! I know. I need some fresh fruit. That's it, fresh fruit. Must be about berry time now, and I'd forgotten all about it. My, 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 how good some berries would taste. Now, if I were back up there in the great woods, I could have all I could eat. Hmm. Makes my water, makes my mouth water just to think of it. There ought to be some up in the old pasture. There ought to be a lot of them up there. If I wasn't afraid that someone would see me, I'd go up there. Buster sighed. Then he sighed again. The more he thought about those berries he felt sure were growing in the old pasture, the more he wanted some. It seemed to him that never in all his life had he wanted berries as he did now. He wandered about uneasily. He was hungry. 
hungry for berries and nothing else. By and by, he began talking to himself again. If I wasn't afraid of being seen, I'd go up to the old pasture this very minute. Seems as if I could taste those berries. He licked his lips hungrily as he spoke. Then his face brightened. I know what I'll do. I'll go up there at the very first peep of day tomorrow. I can eat all I want and get back to the green forest before there's any danger that Farmer Brown's boy or anyone else I'm afraid of will see me. That's just what I'll do. My, I wish tomorrow morning would hurry up and come. Now, though Buster Brown didn't know it, someone had been listening. And that someone was none other than Sammy Jay. When at last Buster lay down for a nap, Sammy flew away, chuckling to himself. I believe I'll visit the old pasture tomorrow morning myself, thought he. I have an idea that something interesting might happen if Buster doesn't change his mind. Sammy was on the lookout very early the next morning. The first jolly little sunbeams had only reached the green meadows and had not started to creep into the green forest when he saw a big dark form steal out of the green forest where it joins the old pasture. It moved very swiftly and silently, as if in a great hurry. Sammy knew who it was. It was Buster Bear, and he was going burying. Sammy waited a little until he could see better. Then he, too, started for the old pasture. Chapter 18. Somebody else goes burying. Isn't it funny how two people will often think of the same thing at the same time, and neither one know that the other is thinking of it? That is just what happened the day that Buster Bear first thought of going burying. While he was walking around in the green forest, talking to himself about how hungry he was for some berries, and how sure he was that there must be some up in the old pasture, someone else was thinking about berries and about the old pasture too. Will you make me a berry pie if I get the berries tomorrow? asked Farmer Brown's boy of his mother. Of course, Mrs. Brown promised that she would, and so that night Farmer Brown's boy went to bed very early that he might, that he might get up early in the morning, and all night long he dreamed of berries and berry pies. He was awake even before Jolly Round Red Mr. Sun thought it was time to get up, and he was all ready to start for the old pasture when the first jolly little sunbeams came dancing across the green meadows. He carried a big tin pail, and in the bottom of it, wrapped up in a piece of paper, was a lunch, for he meant to stay until he had filled that pail, if it took all day. Now, the old pasture is very large. It lies at the foot of the big mountain, and even extends a little way up on the big mountain. There is room in it for many people to pick berries all day without even seeing each other, unless they roam about a great deal. You see, the bushes grow very thick there, and you cannot see very far in any direction. Jolly Round Red Mr. Sun had climbed a little way up in the sky by the time Farmer Brown's boy reached the old pasture, and was smiling down on all the great world, and all the great world seemed to be smiling back. Farmer Brown's boy started to whistle. <laughs> 
and then he stopped. If I whistle, thought he, everyone will know just where I am and will keep out of sight, and I never can get acquainted with folks if they keep out of sight. You see, Farmer Brown's boy was just beginning to understand something that Peter Rabbit and the other little people of the Green Meadows and the Green Forest learned almost as soon as they could walk, that if you don't want to be seen, you mustn't be heard. So he didn't whistle as he felt like doing, and he tried not to make a bit of noise as he followed an old cow path towards a place where he knew the berries grew thick and oh, so big. And all the time he kept his eyes wide open and he kept his ears open too. That is how he happened to hear a little cry, a very faint little cry. If he had been whistling, he wouldn't have heard it at all. He stopped to listen. He never had heard a cry just like it before. At first he couldn't make out just what it was or where it came from. But one thing he was sure of, and that was that it was a cry of fright. He stood perfectly still and listened with all his might. There it was again. And it was very faint and sounded terribly frightened. He waited a minute or two, but heard nothing more. Then he put down his pail and began a hurried look here and there and everywhere. He was sure that it had come from somewhere on the ground, so he peered behind the bushes and peeped behind logs and stones. And then just as he had had about given up hope of finding where it came from, he went round a little turn in the old cow path, and there, right in front of him, was little Mr. Gartersnake. And what do you think he was doing? Well, I don't like to tell you, but he was trying to swallow one of the children of Sticky Toes the Tree Toad. Of course, Farmer Brown's boy didn't let him. He made little Mr. Gartersnake Gartersnake set Master Sticky Toes free and held Mr. Gartersnake until Master Sticky Toes was safely out of reach.